Alleluia, he is risen. And that's kind of what I said this morning as my alarm went off, too. <laughs> you get the dregs. I always feel sorry for the, the Easter Sunday crowd uh, congregation that come in to celebrate uh, the Lord's resurrection because uh, the, the last three days have been uh, intense. And uh, the more we enter into it, the more intense these days get. And last night we had, I thought, one of the most beautiful Easter vigils I've ever celebrated. Certainly uh, a lot better than last year's. What a difference a year makes, too. Last year I had Mass for an empty church on Easter. That hurt me more than, I have to admit, than not even having the Easter vigil of knowing that people were turned away, told it was too, too dangerous to come. And while the danger is real and all that stuff, how glad I am that we are so different. But last night, if you were there at the, the vigil, you witnessed something that on the surface in the world just looks odd. I tell the servers every year, I love the Easter Vigil because I get to play with fire, I get to play with smoke, I get to play with water, I get to, I get to play with everything, all that the church has, and if we'd have a confirmation and a baptism, even the oils we get to pull out. We pull out all the stops. But perhaps the most and the most overlooked is the candle, the Paschal candle. Last night, as after we blessed the fire, hopefully you're familiar enough with the Easter Vigil, we bless the fire and we light a new Paschal candle that's just been blessed with that Easter fire, that light that symbolizes Christ. We process it into the church, which, again, is odd. We process it into the church led by the thurible, the, the thurifer carrying the incenser, then the candle, then the priest, and then the rest of the congregation. And why is that? It is because it is our Passover, that Christ is leading us in a pillar of smoke and a pillar of fire. As the incenser releases its smoke, it becomes a pillar of smoke. And what is a candle if not a pillar of fire? We call to mind how God led Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, into the Promised Land. And last night as we gathered, we heard uh, our third reading of the crossing of the Red Sea, a symbol of baptism, which is what this day, last night, is all about, about remembering how Christ is raised from the dead and we are immersed in his, into his life, death, and resurrection in baptism that we live this grace, great grace out. This is how Christ continues to lead us. And so we light candles as a reminder that Christ, who is risen, has enlightened us. We hold those candles and we hear that great exalted, that great song of the church, an ancient song, that reminds us the line that always, every year I hear it, it means more and more, O oh, happy fault, O oh, necessary sin of Adam, which gave us so great a Redeemer. 
And that's exactly it. The God from the beginning had a plan. He did not want nor desire to leave us in our sins, condemn us to separation from him for all eternity, but rather sent the antidote. I almost wanted to say vaccine, but that, be, that would be really be the wrong thing. But he sent us the antidote, Jesus Christ, his son, who suffered and died on the cross. He who was God, he, God being God, could not die, but being man could, entered into that death for us, but didn't stay there, but rose again. And now he leads his people. And so shortly after that, Shortly after the readings, we renewed our baptismal promises with lit candles again. This morning we had the opportunity to renew our baptismal promises too, this time not with lit candles, but in the full light of day. And I find, find it, uh, uh, I was once asked, well, why, why does a church on, at the Easter Vigil use candles and not on Easter Day? And I think it's because at, on Easter Day as we gather, we've gathered in the, the light of a new day. And it's a reminder that in heaven, we're not going to be holding candles. Instead, we're going to be standing in the pure light, the eternal light of God, the eternal day. And we hear in Revelation, there will be no need of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. That on this Easter, we're standing in that new light. On this Easter, we're standing with the promise of eternity. As we hear in this gospel reading, and I, every year uh, we have, as we gather, I find it just astounding that the church in her wisdom does not give us an appearance of Jesus in the resurrection. All we hear is the empty tomb. Why is this? Because the tomb itself must be empty. Either the tomb is empty or our faith is empty. We can't have a full tomb and a full faith. The tomb is empty on that first day of the week to remind us of the fullness of our faith. And sometimes we overlook it, but is it the first day of the week or the eighth day? The new creation, the Christ's resurrection brings new creation. And we, we know as Catholics, we're not quite there yet in that new creation, but it's being established. If we scratch the surface just enough, we can see it. On this Easter day, it's probably easier for us to see it, to see how God wants to make all things new. It's my favorite line from Revelation. Behold, I make all things new. That's what he does with his resurrection. That's what he does on this Easter. That's what he does every day of our lives, every second of our lives, if we allow him. Christ is truly risen from the dead. The tomb is empty. And we, some 2,000 years later, we are not given the privilege of the early apostles, the early disciples. We, don't, we will, will not see him in his resurrected flesh. We will not hear his words we're not invited, as we will hear next week, to put our fingers into the nail marks, our hand into his side like Thomas was. But like Thomas, 
We must take it by faith. That Christ is truly risen. It's been proclaimed to us for these 2,000 years, reminding us that he changes everything. He makes all things new. And as we gather on this new day, remembering his resurrection, we know we have so much to celebrate.